0: Welcome back to another episode of Black Men Unlearning. I'm your co-host, Edwin Lee.
1: And I'm your other co-host, Kyle Brooks.
0: And so we are continuing our series on relationships. Uh, In our first uh, episode on relationships, the first uh, part of this series, we discussed um, some of our beliefs about relationships, where do those come from, and how those Prescriptions can fail us, how we can miss the mark on cultivating really good relationships by relying on platitudes, relying on uh, simple rules of thumb, if you will, uh, and where those things don't really lead us to be active participants in the work of developing those relationships. One of the comments that uh, we didn't get to get deeply into, but I think would be really great for us to start here on part two. It's just the idea of whether or not we want equality in relationships. And so, Kyle, you touched on this a little bit uh, in our first part of this series. And so is equality something that we want?
1: Hmm. I think equality is a high-minded ideal, which is to say I think It's a thing that people desire or articulate for good reason. But I'm not entirely sure that theoretical desire necessarily aligns well with the kinds of practical expectations and outcomes that are necessary. So equality in some aspects, in some respects, is is easier to work out equal pay for working the same job or the same number of hours. Um, you know, getting a, you know, an equal an equal amount of a serving of some food, right? Like there are, th- there are things that are measurable in specific ways um, or, you know, the right to, you know, we both have the right to, you know, equal access to certain certain resources right like um equality in the sense of like say the abolishment of jim crow and okay you know folks across racial uh categories can have access to the same kinds of goods, services opportunities um and and while we know right like there's a difference between the kind of legal designation and the de facto ways that these things play out um I think those same kinds of dynamics come into play when we talk about the idea of equality. Like there's, it's one thing to, to name it as a, as a hoped for thing. It's another to when one gets into the, the nitty gritty of relational life, what does equal actually mean? And what happens when for various reasons, equal, however we might construe it is not possible when one is leaning on the other or the circumstances demand that a person whose strengths and abilities in a given moment and circumstance can, um, can do more for the collective in that moment. You know, do we, do we clamor for equality then? Um, and I, and I say that recognizing that in some ways, like the idea of relational equality, um, certainly is born from, the recognition of when things have been dramatically uh, unequal and when stuff has not been balanced, not been aligned. And I don't want to minimize that, right? Like I'm not, I'm not saying at all that people have not and do not legitimately experience um, relational imbalances that make it difficult to, uh, to remain together in a healthy way. Um, And, and I think that that can apply to, you know, all kinds of relationships, all kinds of people. So, you know, I think it's not that, oh, equality is a bad thing, as much as I'm not entirely sure what we mean when we say that. And so there has to be more elaboration um, and specific elaboration for the context that we're in. Yeah, I,
0: I also think that when we point to equality, it's it, in those other contexts, it's far more complicated then we might be willing to immediately uh, admit. So I remember listening to Malcolm Gladwell's podcast some time ago, uh, when he talked about Brown versus Board of Education and the idea of um, integrating classrooms and making sure uh, that all folks, regardless of the color of their skin, got access to uh, the same level of teaching. And so, you know, that resulted in black students going to uh, schools that were white right and so then the idea of black teachers being removed from educating uh, a large population of students of black students uh, because the teachers were not integrated the students were Uh, and a lot of what that costs and what we know about uh, the influence that black teachers can have on black students when they, when a student is very young and has a black teacher, uh, how that can change their trajectory in terms of their outcomes with graduating from high school and going to college and things like that. So, this idea of equality is not a simple one. It's not just the same thing. It's not just giving two folks, two p- different people, the same thing, or two sets of people the same things. It's also thinking about, you know, what are the kind of consequences of. How those resources are distributed, and so this, I'm 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 even reminded of my eye rolling during the NBA bubble and seeing you know players with equality on your on the on the back of their jerseys. Like, okay, yeah. that's wow, such a such a uh, a big idea for you to uh, to be advertising. Um, and what is it that you actually mean by that? what is it that you want to be equal? What is, where where is the access uh, that you like, the, that you would acknowledge is not being granted to other folks and how can we change that? And so when we say that we want equality in relationships, I think it's important for us to be specific about what that means. And it really sounds like what we're ask, asking for is more equity than equality um, and, I think that it our common conversation about what it means to uh, be present in the relationship uh, in the same amount or have the same amount of buy-in or um, resources applied, all of those things are on a moving scale. We have differences of um, just in our general roles as people The different things that are happening in our lives, uh, whether it be someone dealing with a sickness or a disability, uh, someone dealing with a a mental health episode that may be not so much an episode and maybe a long term uh, thing that you're dealing with, or the ways that grief may show up in a relationship with a lost parent or loved one. Um, Those things change the way that the dynamic sets up. And so, if we are always seeking out this idea of equality, we are doomed to miss the mark if that's all we're actually shooting for in the first place. Because eventually when the circumstances change, that's not exactly what you're going to want. And we're always changing as people. And so the person I am today is likely not going to be the same in five years. And so if I'm trying in five years, if I, if, my, if I leave my expectations as getting, you know, 35-year-old Edwin's desires, that may just not be enough for me. And what represents a good space or maybe an equal, quote unquote, space, right, um, then at, at that time, five years down the line, may just not be good enough. And so I, it, it just kind of speaks to the overarching point that we've been talking about, that we really need to evaluate what it is that we're asking for and whether this is actually something that we desire.
1: This is very true. What is clear to me is the shifting and changing desires over time are not inauthentic. Change in what I say I want, what I say I need, is not the fundamental problem. I think the greater problem is how we are able to adapt to a changing relational landscape without necessarily needing to read it as a fundamental problem. All right um, I think about how sometimes you have to, you know, I, I think about stuff like packing up a car for for a long trip. And if you've got luggage and other things that you're carrying, uh, you may find that like, okay, there needs to be some rearranging done in order for all this stuff to come along and to to move efficiently in the way that we want it to. Um, And it's not that there isn't room, it's that you have to navigate the best way to use that space in order to accomplish your objective. And I think with respect to relationships, right, we're not necessarily talking about a, a room of a fixed size, we are talking about particular parameters right like the people we're connected with and engaged in relationship with um and within that unit within that that bond that pairing then like one needs to think about all right what what hap- what happens when the uh, the the baggage we've traveled with over time changes or accumulates um when the shape of things has has uh has changed and like we need to rearrange how we're going to carry this load um that that to me i think it speaks to the idea also that a kind of relational equity is less about a destination and more about an ongoing journey and, and if we are destination focused often and, and i think this doesn't just apply to relationships but in a, in a lot of respects in life Often, if I'm so destination focused, I lose sight of my ability to learn along the way. Mm -hmm. And I I I lose sight of of the, the why of the thing. I just know here's the outcome I want, but I don't always ask the question, well, why do you want this? And what does it cost you? And what are you giving up? What are you taking on? Like what, what are the responsibilities and demands of getting the thing you say you want? Yeah. Cause I, cause I'm convinced the problem that, uh, approaches many people isn't that they didn't get what they want. It's that sometimes you get what you said you wanted and have no idea how to adjust to that new reality or what to do with it.
0: Right. Um, I was right there with you on this idea of, of, you know, journey and destination thinking being a big problem here, right? And I, I think that it's a complicated one because it does kind of point out to point out a, um, a failure of our education around relationships. And so, you know, we... <laughs> We spend a lot of time kind of reevaluating the things that we were taught growing up. and it's not that we're dragging the older generation. It's just that it it's it, it's a space for reevaluation. And I think that the the failure often that we find is that we just weren't prepared for the complications uh, that come with the the simple rules that we were taught. There was a desire to propose a a model or a, Uh, a convention by which we could kind of evaluate all the things that came our way. And it's simply more complicated than that. It doesn't quite always stand up. And so when we then are left to kind of figure it out on our own, and sometimes we find ourselves asking questions like, well, how do you deal with this? Then it becomes this, you know, uh, process of discovering some of the complications that were hidden in the closet that you didn't know about growing up and nobody shared with you. And I think that even this idea of how a a parent or another uh, close adult shares with a young person, the complication of their lives and their relationships is difficult, right? Because not, you know, you're seven years old, you ain't really prepared to hear about the complicated choice that one had to make when some big thing happened. uh, That that posed a threat to the relationship under which you receive love, right? Um, But there is a kind of inherent dishonesty that's present not only in some of the teaching that takes place, but then some of our dedication to falling in line with that teaching because we're not taking the time to ask, well, we're not taking the time to be honest about how it doesn't fit. I don't think it's that we don't realize that there's some discomfort, that something isn't quite, you know, you you might put on a shirt when you're trying it on, and it looks good, but it just don't feel right. You don't know, you can't see why it doesn't feel right, but you know you probably shouldn't spend the money on this, because even if it looks right it just is it worth being uncomfortable the whole night now some of y'all might say yes but you know this is not for you to to um, it's a metaphor just rock with the metaphor the the there is a dishonesty in us not evaluating why it doesn't fit what isn't quite working right and our desire to maintain this kind of equal footing in the relationship or to stay in a space where we kind of embrace a false peace, gives us um, the look of everything being all right when, in fact, there's a lot that just isn't sitting
1: well. Man, you you said you said you said so much there, and what what came to mind for me? I thought of a, a of an example. I think we might have chatted about this the other day. Um, a uh, friend and colleague of mine, shout out to uh, Dr. Melva Sampson, a uh, brilliant scholar at Wake Forest University Divinity School. Um, she shared what I thought was like a really powerful example. Uh, she re- and her husband uh, re- recently celebrated their uh, wedding anniversary. And um, what I love that she she talked about these really great lessons uh, that she learned in the process of them negotiating and navigating the relationship that they have. Uh, she, she named and, and asserted first that we are not relationship goals. We are an example of two people who have been doing the continual work of processing. How are we going to move forward together in, in life and in love? and family uh but but she also offered a really great lesson uh talking about the difference between uh the facts and the truth and how there are you know in the quest for for the facts of the matter like tell me what happened tell me how this went down we can easily miss the truth of well what is this really about and i think about how this can apply and, and i'm being being broad there but i want to as it specifically relates to our conversation, what comes to mind for me is this uh idea that we've been given a lot of these uh teachings as you as you describe that are sort of just taken as relational fact, or this is this is this is what it is. Problem is facts function differently in the context of truth. I I, I understand truth as very cont- like a contextual understanding of reality like facts tell us about like the concreteness of a thing did a thing happen or not um how much or how little of a thing is present uh that that kind of stuff right like was it was it red was it white or was it blue mm-hmm. those can be factual things but the truth gives us a sense of well, why are these things happening? And what do what do these happenings mean for us? And I think with respect to relationships, a lot of the kinds of teachings that we're given are, are sort of taken as just these universally applicable truths that are not placed in the context of, you know, your results may vary. Mm-hmm. Your relationships, your specific experiences and background are all going to inflect how these facts impact what's going on with you, um, you when you, you mentioned um, the, the, the sort of changing, of, uh, changing of, our, of our needs and desires over time, like that's a fact, the things you want and desire or need over time will change. The question is, how does that translate into the truth of what needs doing in order to maintain a relationship? Because the fact like it's not enough to know the facts you need to then understand how you're going to live that truth relationally and that's a piece where I think so many of us uh we we struggle because if there's not an if there's not an honest naming that like the facts aren't enough or if if we don't if we don't name the fact that <laughs> sometimes that if we if we only go by the facts it's a lot of times we would have up and left we would have Blown a thing up. We would have, you know, gone in another direction until we considered, well, what's the truth of the matter? Like, do we want to do this? Do we want to be here? Uh, do we see a vision for the future and for life? Uh, and that stuff is is rarely as linear or neat and clean as folk like to imagine. And I believe we do ourselves a disservice when we undercut ourselves um by believing that like there's a nice simple story to all of this and if we just follow that along then we'll be okay
0: you, you 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 speaking about that the idea of the difference between facts and truth ties back into how i've been thinking of uh the danger of seeking equality as the the central point right so we're kind of pulled by the gravity let's say of equality. And then in our relationships, our partner and us kind of orbit around there, trying to get as close to the center as we can. And the danger of that is what happens when my mind changes about a thing, whatever that thing may be. If the if the center or if the foundational point is to maintain equality. Then I have to, in in some cases, decide that whatever that truth is is better left unspoken in order to maintain the 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 center, the foundation. We we think of the foundation as not being able to be moved or adjusted, not being able to be redefined altogether. And so, um, our desire to maintain that position, that point, that foundation is in and of itself untruthful. It puts us in a position where we're not working on the relationship. We're not focusing on getting better together. We're focusing on maintaining this point in time where we consider things to be in a good place or uh, there, you know, existing uh, a, a peace, a a, a a treaty of sorts, right? where we established that these are the things that work and they work this time. So they have to work for all time. And our fear in reevaluating it is that we won't ever find that place again. And so we agree to never finding a new place of peace. We agree to circumstances that don't fit anymore
1: yeah what what do you do when that old thing ain't doing it no more like what, what do you do when the uh, the the honeymoon period has subsided um, what do we do when our representatives have left the room and we are now left with, the permanent house guest yeah um and and that's man i can't i can't pretend that's that stuff i don't i don't think about that um for for all of us there is man a struggle to get towards this really active and healthily truthful place what this makes me think of when i when i was a kid you know, and I not not yet fully learned the uh, the difference between facts and truth. Like there, there are things I could I could I was very observant, very precocious, um, preoccupied in a lot of ways, and in some respects still am, if I acknowledge it truthfully, um, still, you know, intrigued and engaged with knowledge. And so it can be possible to know a number of things. To have a lot of information at the ready at your fingertips and also still not have a clear understanding of the truth so you know i can i could say to somebody like oh you know your kitchen is a mess that's that could be a fact truth might be well it's a mess because they just finished cooking dinner for however many people and they're resting and haven't had a chance to restore it to the state it would normally be in um The fact doesn't necessarily give me the narrative, the story, the Mm -hmm. understanding behind why a thing is and why we arrive here. And so if I'm only ever looking at things through this very surface, this very um, just, you know, all about the all about concreteness, all about the numbers, all about like, well, you know, all about my just my immediate senses, then there's a whole lot that I that I miss and I don't understand underneath what is, is, is going on. I, I, w- I will say this too, man, it's easy to let the facts of how people engage us, how people act, how people respond, uh, obscure the truth of where it comes from. And, and I think particularly, man, in, in, re- in the context of our, of our human relationships, it can be easy to presume that everything we're experiencing is about us. Like everything a person does that maybe has consequences for me, isn't necessarily about the story I'm making up in my head. Mm -hmm. And it can be easier to piece together the, the facts as we understand them into a story that feels true to us but hasn't actually been a process of dialogue, uh, and and I think this this in many ways brings us you know sort of back to the this sort of core foundational piece of communication. Like what is it like? What does it look like differently to to say these things out loud? What does it look like to not take personal responsibility for building a story that makes sense in our heads, but instead to say, hey, you know what? Let me let me name for you my misgivings let me name for you my discomforts my worries my uh, the things that make me sad the things that make me angry things that make me confused because then that, like there's a different vulnerability and i'm gonna lay this stuff out here on the table so that we're able to piece together the the holistic story and not just well let me tell the story that informs the way i want to react or respond Cause it ain't just about, it ain't just about me. It's about an us,
0: a we. Yeah. That's complicated, man. And it's, it's in part because I don't know a whole lot of people who are um, trained or who were trained to move through conflict on a regular basis in that way. Right? To want to seek out those difficult convers- conversations regularly. And deep relationship does require us to, you know, choose our battles. We shouldn't be, you know, going at it about every little thing, but it also requires that we're honest when things aren't quite right. Um, and so I, I wonder where we actually practice saying, oh, I, I didn't like that. Or what, what did you mean when you did this, that, and the other? Because I thought it was this. And I'm not sure if that's what you were getting at, but it kind of felt off to me, right? Um, Yeah, I'm not sure that I was, I personally was taught to address things in that manner. You kind of go off and you create your narrative, right? And it's only been, you know, later in life that I have thought to myself or learned to think about the fact that folks' actions, decisions, their choices, don't necessarily reflect what they're thinking I will respond to, but more of just where they're at in that moment. And yeah, the the communication part of this is hard because to whom do we reveal the, the depth and truth of ourselves and what we think on a day-to-day basis about everything. Like that level of vulnerability is not a place and space that we allow many folks into where you're bearing, like truly bearing your soul and truly sharing, you know, what you're thinking about a situation in its complexity, in its difficulty, and in a way that's not going to be felt like, you know, you're, you're tearing a person down um we i i would in our culture i don't know that we we have a model for that in friendships i think in some of our family relationships we do it but even then it can be complicated because those things can be uh saddled with kind of traumas and hurts uh and power dynamics that make it difficult to communicate those things um but yeah where where is it that we practice
1: I believe uh, practice has to start at home with ourselves. I can't ask of someone a thing that I'm not willing to ask of myself. And when it comes to this idea of, of truth and vulnerability and communication, I have to be able to do that with myself in such a way that I am not, building up barriers and obstacles to my own self-understanding because there's stuff there's stuff that it takes some honesty for me to sit with about me and to say uh you know what here's where you've got some work to do here's where you're still learning and growing and there's nothing wrong with that but it like it also means naming hey here's some stuff that maybe needs to go Mm -hmm. some stuff that needs to be like dealt with before you just start dumping it at someone else's feet um and i say all that right acknowledging that like none of us arrives to any of our human relationships in any state of perfection um i do believe there are ways we can show up in maturity which is say we've done some work we've done some reflection we have um Sought out the 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 help and the resources that gets us um, that gets us where to to a place where it's like okay I can I can work with this. Uh, often my my frustrations with other folk relationally have had a lot to do with the stuff I'm frustrated in about myself. Uh, things that I have not necessarily wanted to deal with, not wanted to work through. Um, and, and sometimes what we, I, I believe what we react to in relational challenges is when the thing that another person has done or said or how they've shown up illuminates the thing in ourselves that we have not quite resolved. We have not quite uh, given like our honest and earnest attention to and that and that's where stuff i think gets really really tricky um cuz what what occurs to me right is in any relationship regardless of how we talk about like the notion of equality or equity what i do think is certain is that this stuff does not work well if persons are not likewise or equally committed to showing up fully and saying it's not about us bringing the exact same things same gifts talents strengths weaknesses etc it is about us saying we are equally committed to leaving this stuff on the table and saying hey i'm gonna bring i'm gonna do my best to bring all my stuff and you do your best to bring all your stuff And now that we can see it all on the table, we can figure out what to do with it, but you can't do anything with stuff that you haven't named, stuff that you haven't illuminated, stuff that you haven't put in the forefront.
0: Yeah, and that is a model that I'm not sure I've been taught, right? This mm-hmm. we're we we're, we're taught to protect things like that about ourselves, to keep those things closed away. That everybody shouldn't know all your business, right? Yeah. And in that way, that we we we've talked before about you know we if you're not given a clear direction about where the uh, the model fails. Then you'll just apply it as you see fit. So when is it that I that I'm supposed to actually share the fullness of what's going on with me? At what point does this rule about keeping it to myself or not letting everybody know my business then 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 fail? When do I turn that off? At what point do I share all of it? Right? And it's even in our. Um, our best efforts of 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 teaching it that we that we miss the mark right because Mm -hmm. that idea of kind of giving all of the information that you have and putting it out uh in order for both folks who are involved in the relationship to be able to do their best work of sharing and with the other and building together um, requires us to put in an equal amount of vulnerability. And so it it makes me think of, you know, the concept of, you know, being equally yoked in our relationships and how we, I don't know that anyone that I've ever discussed that with has considered it in terms of uh, bringing all of yourself to the table, right? Or, allowing yourself to be fully vulnerable within the relationship so that you can build honestly so that both folks can really understand as much as they can about moving together, because it really seems to be shrouded in this kind of capitalistic assessment of who the other person is, um, if they're of the same level of education, uh, if they have the same prospects for a quote unquote good life um, as you do. And that being the measure uh, of, of whether or not they are a suitable partner. But we don't then consider what all we, we bring to the fore. Have you explored the parts of yourself that are in pain? Do you know what, what your real weaknesses are? What your triggers are? Um, if you are prone to um, you know, anger, or, or if you'd like to shut yourself down and shut yourself in, like we don't do that kind of work in terms of kind of bring all of ourselves to uh, the table to be able to understand how we can even game plan around building together. And that model is not just like for romantic relationships. We don't do that in our friendships often. There are times where, you know, we we fall out with friends by accident cuz we just didn't know what the other person was going through or dealing with.
1: Yeah. It it gets lost, I think, on people that all relationships require. And and we don't necessarily have to use the the idea of 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 work, right? Like I don't I don't even necessarily think about relationships as like hard labor like i I saw somebody say uh on social media like yeah i don't want the kind of relationship where you know our anniversary rolls around and like the post begins with well we've been through some stuff (laughs) and like and and like this whole this whole idea of man must it always be a struggle and i don't think it has to be right like i don't i don't think that's the default setting Um, but what I do think is sometimes this idea of struggle, um, gets overlooked or rather I, 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 uh, how would I put it? I think, I think we misconstrue, um, struggle and maintenance. Mm -hmm. Like the maintenance is necessary. Like you have to, you've got like, you've got to put in the 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 work to connect with and to communicate with people who you care about. Like you gotta, you gotta show up. Um, You have to, you know, be responsive. You have to be a good listener. You can't just dump everything at another person's feet. Like you gotta, you gotta also carry some stuff too. And, and that I think for me suggests a kind of dynamic, a give and take. Like this isn't about, you know, let's just score points, but it's about like Hmm, like what's the, what's the exchange here, right? Like what's the, what's the flow of life between us that enables a relationship to be viable, to be nurturing. And and I agree. We, we are not. um, We're often taught to, to think about relationships uh, implicitly or explicitly in terms of how do we negotiate the most for us and the best outcomes for us. And particularly like, as you said, and an often very uh, capitalistic bent, uh, where we're trying to figure out the best way to to profit, like thinking about what's the best return on my investment. And I, while I can while I can understand why that happens and and some of the things that motivate that, what also troubles me is how woefully ineffective that's been at producing the kinds of relational outcomes people want, like and and yeah that that stuff is like that stuff is messy and tricky like i i was you know thinking about these things and looking looking at you know some things statistically about uh particularly uh black folks in relationships and marriage and like the ways that economic factors impact your relational outcomes um you know what it what it means to say know that uh Like our black female counterparts are getting more college degrees and in many cases more gainfully employed. And that is not boding well for their relational outcomes. Um and that like that's that's you know, and that's a much larger like topic to dig into. But I think at the at the level of recognizing that many of the things we've been taught, many of the things we've been sold, the ideas we've been given. Like there may be, and you know, it's maybe a way of navigating through life and through the world, but fundamentally, like for all, I can do plenty by myself, but you can't do relationships alone. Right. And that, seeking towards that togetherness, I think requires, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna say that, that dreaded, dreaded S word. Uh, it requires a measure of submission. Mm. because and and submission in the sense that any healthy relationship requires people to consent to giving themselves over to something that is bigger than them right and to something that has some parameters and possibilities that you cannot see in 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 entirety from the front end like you gotta you gotta trust that just as much as you're leaping into it giving yourself to it that the other person is doing the same
0: yeah i I think that you you highlight a good point it's it's not to say that you know even in the the um, capitalistic kind of evaluation of the yoking between f- two folks and relationships that there's no truth present in that right there <laughs> there is um, something to be said for uh, the the differences in education, say, between uh, Black women and Black men and the types of issues that that then uh, creates for the relationships that, uh, between Black men and Black women, uh, that take place, right? And so this is a complicated uh, subject, and not one that we can cover in uh, an approximately hour-long episode, right? Uh, But to be thoughtful of that contribution is important, right? I think that the education that also fails us within that is the how the the way that we show up in relationships the fact that there's not good education around how we navigate things together period right mm-hmm. and as we think even about that you know word submission and how that is one that has been consistently glommed on to wives as their responsibility The fact is you can't build something that works for both people without there being willingness to submit on both sides. And there's a a misunderstanding of these terms, um, a misunderstanding of how they apply to true loving relationship uh, that um, that that is chosen freely by both parties um that those can't exist if the power is imbalanced um i looked at we were we were talking about equal yoking before as we were preparing for the episode and you know i saw two different animals yoke together and i was like well that kind of right there shows that the simple explanations that i have for what this term actually meant are not correct. <laughs> and also it is completely impossible for you. Oh, okay. Let's maybe not completely impossible because there are such things as twins, but how are you gonna find identical animals all the time? That's not how that works, right? You can have the same species of animals. They don't have the exact same strength. That's not the way that the the, the term in its popular understanding fails us. In the same ways that it's not possible for us to have real, loving, committed relationship where we're building something together that is that is thoughtful of both perspectives, that is um, um, considerate uh, and focused and uh, able to be revised on the fly, right, um, if we are not willing to submit to each other, right? And that it's really just not, it's very strange, to desire someone to submit to you that's completely not the point you've missed it it's off no
1: yeah there there is a a, such a strong undercurrent of subordination what it means to have power over or power against versus power with yeah man that's good And, and like the thing about you know when we the ways that folks deploy right like this uh yoke metaphor so part of i mean so yokes are designed for harnessing power producing a certain a certain outcome and and figuring out how do we efficiently and effectively channel this power into like work like so Mm -hmm. and i think about this how you know so like you you understand in in physics right there's a difference between uh you know there's a difference between like power right like and and work like you can generate force but unless there's a direction it's not considered work take them to class come on like (laughs) it's there there's it's this this work this like force applied over a distance like becomes work there it is so a lot of folk can't do the relational work because it's like well. No relational work happens if you ain't going nowhere. If you're not pointed in a in a direction, like if there's not some like like what are we doing here? Is there yep. a clear understanding? Cuz we can both be powerful and like man, you go running in your direction, I go running in my direction and we're in opposite directions going nowhere and getting tired.
0: Or breaking the thing that we're pulling along because exactly. we're pulling it in two different directions.
1: Exactly. And so like the beautiful so the beauty the beauty about you know digging in and understanding oh like what are yokes actually about and how do these function is i learned one just about the different kinds of yokes like Mm -hmm. many different ways to yoke animals together but also you have every every yoke has its pluses and minuses there are there are yokes that will allow um animals to you know if you're if you're on a yoke that means okay you need to be bound together in a way that gets you aligned that helps Mm -hmm. you to like work in a certain direction uh problem is if you're yoked too closely you know one animal can become dependent on the other and you know you need to each animal needs to be able to have their footing and if one doesn't quite have their footing in the same way uh or the yoke isn't equally aligned or properly aligned like then they might lean on the other one and the other one's doing work and carrying the other. And it's like, yo, I'm, I'm getting exhausted cause I'm carrying, I'm carrying you and this, this labor.
0: I'm carrying your weight.
1: Exactly. Um, but then if you, if you actually, if you have a yoke where like there's space for animals to like have a bit of room to move about, there's also the problem of what happens when they got room to move about and then they move in ways that are not like, working with each other Mm -hmm. i was like well i got freedom to go in this direction or that direction so i'm gonna do me and it's like well you can't just do you like this has to be a concerted effort um but under underneath all of this i'm reminded we are not pack animals no (laughs) right like you are you are not a beast of burden like so you're you you are not bred for the purpose of caring others now when when we understand ourselves right like as as human beings and not merely like you know as as i see it animals of a different sort animals with a different kind of agency and uh sentience ability to make some decisions for ourselves now i'm like okay how how do we choose we, well, we, 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 we are, we aren't, no one throws a yoke on us and says, here, y'all go walk together. No, we choose. Mm-hmm. And in that choosing, right, like we hopefully are making it from a place of wisdom, a place of understanding, a place of, of recognition, um, and a place of understanding both the nature of the kind of relational outcomes and work and journey we want to go through, but also the recognition that what we want, I mean like I put it like this, you know no one no one picks animals for a yoke because they're pretty. They pick them because they have the qualities and capabilities of carrying the load, and this is man and I, like i'll and I'll admit openly that's a thing a thing I struggle with is. You know, it's like, well, okay, you don't necessarily want to be on this journey of life alone, but you also have to fight against the temptation to arrange this journey according to what looks right and great to you. Because it's like, well, you, you, you got an inkling, an idea of what you like, or at least what appeals to you superficially. We don't always have clarity about how to, how to, how to, how to really unpack and observe right like the the sort of depth of of another person beyond just the stuff that you know biologically or physiologically gets us going yeah it's gonna take more than that (laughs) to get this done
0: right and and there is a necessity for us to evaluate our ability to balance the work with with someone because it strikes me that yoking uh animals is really about creating the balance between the for, for the force that's that's going to be exerted to do that work, right? So that you're not exhausting one, or that you are able to take advantage of the combined power of both. And that just speaks to this idea of evaluating the balance that is in place. And so I think we have to be willing to fall mm-hmm. when we're trying to balance something out, And to reevaluate how we are yoked or how we're positioned in order to achieve that consistent balance, knowing that there are constantly going to be forces that throw us off of that balance, that cause us to have to shift entirely where we were standing. And it then comes down to finding uh, a partner in the work of doing that balancing that is willing to go back to the drawing board, that is willing to avail themselves in such a way that they are not hiding from their responsibility in of maintaining or uh, breaking that balance. Uh, and so you can go back and, and, and be accountable to each other, that you can do the work of then trying again uh, with different positioning and a willingness to shift in position. Um, And that requires trust. It requires truth. It requires uh, submission. Right. Because you have to be able to even say that, hey, this current configuration of our yoke is not good for me. It's not working. And I'm doing too much or I don't like the way this feels. And so there's a, a need for us to be honest about where we stand and your point earlier is so important the first person we have to be honest with it's 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 me i have to be honest with me about where this isn't working or where i can do better or where i'm not quite giving what i should be and then i need to understand why that is where is that coming from and our inability to do that dooms
1: the whole process. Man, you you, you saying that need, needing to know why things are happening with us the way they are. It 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 makes me think of how we can have uh like bodily injuries that um it's like one thing is hurting but the real problem is somewhere else. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, my, my, my back hurts. And it's like, mm, well, actually it's a problem in your ankle and you're compensating for it in this way that throws other things out of whack, but you feel the pain in a different place from where the problem is. Um, For me, it, it, it it underscores this. Once again, the difference between facts and truth, (laughs) the fact, my back hurts the truth. I got an ankle problem yeah um and there's a kind of connectivity I, I think between the the aspects of ourselves right like how how we and i mean I, i'll tell you one of the one of the most um helpful things i did uh man there's a really excellent book called uh, attached the uh all about the 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 sort of science of like adult relationships and reading reading this like one of the exercises that had had me do was uh okay you need to make a list uh you know make this chart of all the people you've been in relationships with and then you answer these different questions like it's it's the same set of questions about each of these persons and let me tell you what's wild when you start answering the same question about all these different people and suddenly notice patterns like ooh wait oof this tended to turn like we've been here before uh and and so something about even like what it what it means to to be given some context right like i knew all of these facts about these relationships but it wasn't till i saw the pattern that i understood the truth yeah and the truth was you are the consistent factor in all these relationships And it's not about you being a good or bad person. It's about you being a person who at times is not aware, one, of all the good that they might bring. Two, not always aware of the pain you've experienced and suppressed and put away somewhere that comes out at these inopportune times. Mm -hmm. And three, often not aware of consistent ways that I have been less than I needed to be. That I have been harmful to others in relationship. Um, and so like that, you know, that, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of stuff, right? Everybody may not necessarily do that, right? Um, and that may not have the same effects. But I know for me, the fact of, of seeing like, hey, you have patterns and you have tendencies, whether you're aware of them or not. And when you have not made any effort or, or even you if you don't even know enough to know that that's a thing you need to make effort to do. Uh, it leaves you in, it can leave you in some really tough places and it is why we all have to depend on one another relationally in order to help us carry loads we can't carry by ourselves. Uh, we need to depend on one another to, to sometimes give us insight or perspective that we could not have by ourselves. What also becomes clear is like, man, I can't make this someone else's responsibility. I have to take ownership of my stuff. And even though I know I can't figure it all out by myself, I still have to say, hey, this rises or falls on my willingness to do something about it.
0: Right. It requires us to come to the table, honestly, with as many of our things as we can be aware of. Uh, in order to truly do <laughs> the work, because the 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 focus or or the thing that will come into focus, uh, regardless of whether we're willing to bring that thing to the fore, is mm-hmm. that the imbalance is present. Yeah, and so if we can if we can see the imbalance, if we can feel it, it'll it it becomes obvious. And at some point, you either answer the imbalance with honesty or you watch it break the thing that is doing the work and so we are forced to choose
1: yeah I mean my my hope is that we in in the growth of our our self-awareness our understanding that we then choose to not just you know leave this stuff by the wayside but to say hey i don't have all the answers but i know i need to start reckoning with my work mm-hmm. my history my baggage my feelings and you know it's not easy but like many things you know it's, it it can be like a good massage it doesn't always feel the greatest right then uh but when you feel the release of the tension and you realize oh i needed someone to apply pressure to Mm -hmm. that tight spot to that place uh, i didn't want to touch but like it was it was holding me back yes you know sometimes you know the work of relationship is more like a massage like
0: a deep tissue massage (laughs) indeed that feels like someone's ripping your muscles off of your skeletal system uh (laughs) uh (laughs) Thanks again for joining us uh, for another episode of Black Men Unlearning. Uh, We'll be diving back in uh, to relationships during part three and look forward to you being back with us. All right, y'all. Take care. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Black Men Unlearning podcast. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Black Men Unlearning and email us at blackmenunlearning at gmail.com. Don't forget to
1: subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to podcasts.